Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to You Beauty, the podcast for your face. I'm Shazzy Hunt and it's Tuesday, so today I'll be asking an expert all about cleansing because it's one of those skincare steps that is totally integral to our everyday routine, but it's Seeming simplicity means it definitely does not get the attention it truly deserves. So to help me unpack all things cleansing, I've called in the help of not one but two experts, leading Australian dermatologist Dr. Ryan DeCruz and CeraVe's medical communications manager and trained pharmacist Rachel McAdam. Thanks for joining me, guys, on today's podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Pleasure. Good to be here. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say 100% of people listening today already use a cleanser at least once a day. So the good news is we're not out to convince people about using cleansers. But do you think maybe the comfort level that we all have around cleansers has kind of fostered a bit of complacency when it comes to choosing the right ones or even using them correctly? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I I think that the last two years has been a real change for Australians in general because we are now being exposed to a vast number of cleansers that we've never had access to before. The population are getting much smarter, much more in tune with what they're actually using at home and and are looking for specific ingredients as well. So my experience has been that Nowadays, people do understand that there are different cleansers for different skin types and uh, different outcomes, I guess, of cleansing. So I personally haven't seen a complacency level. I think, if anything, I've seen a tendency towards over-cleansing, which is interesting. That is such an interesting point about double cleansing. We are definitely going to go into that more very soon. But I want to go all the way back to the start and get you to remind us of why cleansing is that all-important first step in your routine. What are you trying to achieve? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I thought about this a lot actually recently because I think there are many people who might argue we don't need to have soap. So we don't need to have soap-free cleansers because our skin is sort of a self-cleaning organ, if you will. That concept of the human body normally cleansing itself, shedding off skin cells is certainly true. I think the way I understand it is that we can help the skin to be as healthy as possible, just like we would brush our teeth uh, to ensure dental hygiene. In the same way, we have now available to us really excellent evidence-based cleansers that remove excess oil that builds up on our skin, that helps shed skin cells that may not have naturally shed off. And this is particularly relevant for patients who might have a tendency towards acne or rosacea. But we also know that we can utilize smart cleansers for people who have drier skin or eczema prone skin or sensitive skin. So the way I look at it is that we're actually using chemicals for the improvement in overall skin health. And you don't have to have a skin disease to still benefit from a simple cleanser daily. I want to get a bit sciencey, techy for a moment. 
and understand how exactly cleansers work to kind of remove that build-up, that grind, that stuff we don't want on there? Ultimately, it dates back to when soap was first invented. And what we know is that there are specific chemicals called surfactants, and surfactants help break down oils and fats to allow water to penetrate more deeply. So if you think of, say, washing your pots and pans in detergent, it's literally making water penetrate into the pot and pan and strip away that excess fat or burnt off debris. We use a similar concept when it comes to cleansing. However, over time, we've realized that actually we don't really want to break down the skin's natural oils because they serve an important purpose. They're actually there to maintain our skin barrier and to help maintain hydration within the skin to keep the bad stuff out of our skin and to keep the good stuff in. So what's happened is over time, we've formulated better cleansers than our original soap-based cleansers, which we call soap-free cleansers that contain different chemicals that still help the water penetrate the skin without actually breaking down those important natural skin oils. So there's been an evolution in cleansers. So nowadays there's really no role, in my opinion, for good old traditional soap. What we want are soap-free cleansers to help still remove excess skin cells, bacteria, viruses, pollutants, debris from the skin without overly breaking down the skin barrier. The next question I have goes out to all the boyfriends, all the husbands, all the people who don't believe in skincare routines who go, you know what? I've been perfectly fine just splashing my face with water all these years. Let's clear this up. First of all, is it okay to just cleanse your face with water alone? I guess the answer to that question is that there'll be a group of the population that have absolutely no problems with their skin, their skin's healthy, it's not oily or acne prone, it's not excessively dry. Lucky them. Yeah, lucky them, exactly. <laughs> In truth, it's probably the minority of people. And, you know, for those patients, perhaps, yes, you don't need to use a specific soap-free cleanser. However, what I can almost guarantee is those patients that are now using just soap for the time being will find that at some point in their lives, their skin evolves and change and no longer can they rest on their laurels of having genetically, you know, absolutely pristine skin. Those boyfriends that you mentioned, the husbands, you know, the brothers who don't do anything now will find that their skin does change because hormonally, genetically, it evolves and it inevitably our skin tends towards the drier side simply through the aging process. And that's where using a smart cleanser can actually help rehydrate even if they don't have any skin problems now. I was going to ask you, Rachel, what you thought, you know, were those extra benefits then for those people who hadn't gotten into cleansers? <laughs> what are the extra benefits that those people especially are going to see if they start introducing a cleanser? You know what's really interesting? One thing that comes to mind that a lot of people don't know is that cleansing in itself can be anti-aging. And that's because all those impurities that Dr. Ryan has just mentioned, such as pollutants and even your own oils, if they're left on the skin too long, they can start to oxidize and create free radicals and they're things we don't really want on our skin. So if we remove those, we're saving our skin from that free radical you know, load and maybe some inflammation. So if people remember that, that water may not be enough to break through the oils that go rancid, let's remove them, but let's do it respectfully. 
that might be just enough to get them over the line, I think. <laughs> I wanted to take a closer look at some of the different varieties of cleansers out there. As we said at the top, there is so many now that it can be hard to know which one is right for your skin type and which one is going to give you the best results. Like maybe one is doing an okay job, but you could be using a better one. And I want to start with the basic gel or liquid cleanser. What would you expect from this kind of formula and what skin type is it best for? So this kind of formula usually uses sort of like that liquid texture, but it includes the active cleansing agents belonging to the class of surfactants. And Dr. Ryan actually spoke about this and they're agents that are able to sort of cut through oils and grease and reduce that surface tension, hence why they're called surfactants. You can get a whole range of surfactants. Some of them are very strong and some of them are quite mild. So gel cleansers will tend to use some kind of surfactants within the formula and they're probably almost broad spectrum cleansers. They can suit most skin types, but then of course, if you do have a very dry skin type or on the other hand, maybe an acne prone skin types, then we can start to see other formulation types or even inclusion of other ingredients within these cleansers. Let's go to the close cousin of gel cleansers, which is milk cleansers. So what is it about these formulas that makes them a bit richer, a bit creamier, and who are they for? Again, generally speaking, milk or cream cleansers will have that creamy texture. They will still have an agent that's able to cut that surface tension. It probably will be a surfactant, but more on the emulsifier side. So it's going to be something that's a little bit more rich, a little bit more lipidic. And they're probably best for people with the drier skin types because they will leave that, you know, a little bit of a cream, sometimes a residue, depending whether you wipe it away or wash it away. One thing about cream cleansers is some of them are formulated not to be washed and you can actually swipe it away, swipe the impurities away. Whereas I would always say try and wash things off if you can to ensure your skin isn't left with any residue. The next one I wanted to talk about was foaming cleansers. And these are the type, you know, usually in a pump situation. And as the name says, as it comes out, it's usually in this bubbly solution. What are these cleansers primarily for and who do they suit? So foaming cleansers, again, probably will have some kind of surfactant in them within the formula. And this can be quite an intense surfactant that's able to sort of cut surface tension between the water and the air and the oil and create little bubbles. That's why they foam. Now, these tend to be in formulations for oilier or maybe even acne-prone skin types. But again, those skin types can still benefit from even a gel or even a milk cleanser, again, depending on the full formula. But speaking generally, yes, foaming cleansers are, you know, washed away and they will pick up quite a a lot of oil and makeup potentially and that greasy residue that's on the skin. And then another one in this kind of realm is oil cleansers. Different again, but walk us through how it's different to the kind of the other formulas and why you'd be looking at an oil cleanser. One thing I didn't mention is some cleansers work via a solvent action where they pick up like agents or like molecules. And oil cleansers can be one of those types of cleansers. So you've applied the oil to your skin and it is very attracted to oily substances and oily molecules, such as your own sebum or your own, you know, excess oil. And also some makeups we wear are very oily in nature. So oil cleansers will wipe those away quite effectively. Some cleansers are pure oil cleansers and some cleansers contain an oil component. So it's again, and, you know, depending on the full ingredients list, but these cleansers will be best for those that might have the drier skin types because they can deal with that nice dose of oily formula on their skin. Probably not for oilier skin types, I would say. 
And Dr. Ryan, I'm going to pause in the different types for a moment to ask you to explain to us the correct process when it comes to using a cleanser. Obviously, there are slight differences depending on what kind of formulation you're using. But in general, what is the absolute correct way (laughs) to cleanse the skin so that you're doing it properly and getting the most out of the product and setting out to actually clean the skin, not just kind of go through the motions? (laughs) Yeah, look, that's a really good question. And I think the honest answer is there's probably not just one correct way. And I think that there are variations on a theme that probably are all okay. I think to me, the principles that we should think about is number one, choosing a cleanser that is tailored to our skin and to our skin problem if we have one. So the actual choice of cleanser is important. The second one is to usually apply a cleanser to damp skin. So as Rachel's mentioned, the point of cleansers is to remove dirt and impurities from the skin. And a lot of these relate to the natural oils of our skin. So we want to actually have a little bit of water on our skin first before applying a cleanser so that it can either foam up if that's what it's meant to do or actually mix in with the oils and the other impurities on our skin well. So I usually use some warm water. You don't want the water to be excessively hot because this can cause skin problems, nor do I want it to be particularly cold. What we want to do is gently get the pores to open up slightly so that the cleansers can actually penetrate where they need to go. So I usually use warm or tepid water. We then apply the cleanser, usually using just your fingertips Certain patients will like to use, say, a facial cleansing cloth. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it's clean. And actually applying the cleanser to the skin, I allow it to sit there for approximately 30 seconds. We want the cleanser to have time to mix in with the the chemicals that live on the skin, the oils, the waters, the dirt and debris. If we simply put it on and then wash it off immediately, it's probably not going to have enough time to do that. Roughly 30 seconds to sit there, assuming you're doing it in the shower, which is generally when I recommend the morning sort of cleanse. Wash the rest of your body and then come back to the face and then wash it off with water as well and wiping it gently. There's no need to be using excessive pressure or excessive scrubbing. We don't want to over scrub the skin, as I mentioned earlier. And then patting the skin dry with a towel is generally how I would then you know, finish the process followed by application of your sunscreen and your moisturizer. So that's generally how I would recommend it. But you know, that's just the principles. There's no absolutes here. Okay, let's jump back to a few more of those cleanser varieties. And these ones are a little bit more specific. So starting with acne-targeted cleansers, why are these important if you're contending with regular breakouts and what makes them different from the other kinds of cleansers we've talked about? So regardless, they still need to be super respectful of the skin barrier function. They'll still be able to remove those impurities from some of the other technology we've mentioned. But further to all this, an acne targeting cleanser will potentially have some additional ingredients, very specific ingredients to either clear the pores. So an example is salicylic acid. It's a hydroxy acid that can sort of penetrate into those pores and lift away or break down some of the debris or the excess skin cells. Or some of them might have antibacterial agents as well to help reduce that bacterial load that the acne prone skins will have. And with those kind of cleansers, are they more of a short-term option is the idea to use them only so far as you need them and once you're able to get your skin to a good point that you go back to using kind of a more general cleanser? 
Such a good question. I think as long as you're prone to breakouts, and again, depends on the severity of it, but let's just say you, you're prone to, you know, the odd breakout every week. I think it's probably a good idea to always keep some kind of um, beneficial ingredient coming into contact with the skin, just always chip away at that. So a cleanser is always a good option to do that. And as long as it's a respectful cleanser and it might have a little concentration of salicylic acid, that will always ensure that you're chipping away, you're keeping the pores clear every day in a respectful manner. So I would say, no, not necessarily. You can carry on with your acne prone cleanser as long as it's respectful. Exfoliating cleansers. So these are ones that might contain either physical particles or maybe a chemical exfoliant, AHAs. What skin types are these kind of cleansers for and why would you want to add an exfoliant element into your cleanser? You answered that perfectly, Shazzy, with your formulation breakdown. That's exactly right. They'll have AHAs, they'll have potentially physical particles. And so the types of skins that would benefit from these is really all of us from time to time when we just need a little bit of an encouragement of our dead skin cells to come off. So there's no harm in doing that occasionally. I would love to actually hear what Ryan thinks about this, but I think exfoliating cleansers, are they best to be used every day? I'm not so sure, but I'd love to hear what Ryan thinks. I don't tend to recommend exfoliating cleansers every day. As you mentioned, they often do contain good concentrations of alpha hydroxy acids such as glycolic acid, beta hydroxy acids such as sal acid. I'm not a fan of the physical exfoliating cleansers. I really don't see a huge role and I think that they can cause a lot of problems. But the corollary to using these sorts of cleansers is that you can over dry and over strip the skin. And you definitely run into problems there. So I usually would recommend them on average two to three times a week and balanced out by a more um, hydrating cleanser on the alternate days. And then just two more I can't get away with not mentioning. The first one is micellar water, which has been a complete disruptor to the traditional cleanser category because you don't need water. Are they okay to use as your cleanser? Yes, micellar waters have their place. They work on sort of similar technology by, again, allowing water and oil to mix together to cut through different molecules that usually don't like to be amongst each other. And they create a situation where they'll capture the impurity, depending on whether it's water-soluble or oil-soluble, and capture it into the formula and encapsulate it in a little micelle. That's what the micelles are. They're like, they're not really physical. They're more chemistry, I guess. And then that way you can either wipe them away or wash them away in some case. I know you said you don't need water, but you can still wash them away. And so they still use a technology, but it could be considered a little bit more gentle compared to the traditional cleansers that we see. And they're suitable for, again, most skin types, I guess, normal to dry to oily skins because they use this particular gentle technology. And people find they're useful in makeup removal as well because you're also wiping, you've got that physical component in grabbing the impurity and taking it away, lifting it away, capturing it. Do you need to be worried about any residue of it left on your face because it doesn't have that final wash moment? Personally, I have this psychology where I like to ensure that residue is minimal on the skin. So whatever we're doing, whatever we're applying to our skin, if we can remove it with something that is aligned with our skin, that already exists on our skin, I'd prefer that. But remember that they're also formulated with that in mind, that if they are to be left on the skin, then the formulation should be gentle enough and mild enough and maybe skin aligned enough to be left there. So I would trust that. And then the last one I have to mention is cleansing wipes, the old fallback for when you've had a big night and you're falling into bed and you just can't make it to the bathroom to wash your face off. Obviously not a great long-term solution, but is this okay in a pinch? 
Is it better than nothing or are you better off actually just leaving it and washing it in the morning? So my concerns with cleansing wipes has probably changed over time. Initially, the reason we really didn't like cleansing wipes was because they can change certain preservatives, particularly one called methyl chloroisothiazolinone and methyl isothiazolinone, which caused a lot of skin problems. So we actually saw people developing allergic contact dermatitis to this couple of preservatives because anything that contains water in it has to have some preservatives to prevent bacterial overgrowth and yeast and fungi. So then we saw this whole spate of, you know, a lot of skin allergy as a result of cleansing wipes. I think that now the problem is that they are probably not really commonly found in most gentle skincare cleansers, but they do have other preservatives. And I don't like those uh, preservatives staying on the skin. I would actually prefer more hypoallergenic cleansers to be used personally. I think that they're something that are okay for intermittent use, but as a regular day-to-day thing, it's not something that I would recommend. Let's check out our listener question for the week, which comes from Grace Ciela over email. I'm just wondering if micro-vibration face brushes are helpful when cleansing. I've been thinking about getting one from one of the big brands, but they're quite pricey. Who's got some thoughts? Yeah, I certainly do. I'm absolutely not a fan. I think that they're personally a massive gimmick. I think that they are, as your listener has already pointed out, quite expensive. And I think that there's absolutely no research or evidence to prove that they benefit the skin in any way. I think they might psychologically work because they are, these micro vibrations may dislodge the dirt and the debris slightly, but I don't think it's anything more beneficial than simply using your fingers, a clean fingers or a a gentle face washer. So I don't see the point personally. Debunked. Wow. (laughs) When you think about mistakes people are making with cleansing. You mentioned over-cleansing has become a really big one, which was never before. What are some of the ones that come up time and again as the mistakes people make while cleansing? So I think there has been a tendency towards over-cleansing using overly excessively harsh cleansers. So those anti-aging ones or exfoliating cleansers. Definitely there's been a pandemic of a condition called periorofacial dermatitis or POD which is a condition that I have genuinely not seen more of than in the last 18 months. And that's because people have spent so much time on on Zoom and over computers have been flooded with skincare messaging and, you know, advertisements and influencers and all the rest. And they're utilising these kind of cleansers so much that their skin around their nose, around their mouth, and sometimes even around their eyes, absolutely cracks it and leaves them red, inflamed, irritated, and then they're having to see a doctor to help actually undo the damage that they've done. So I think over-cleansing has a lot to answer for. And I think it's about not listening to your skin when it tells you that's not happy and continuing the same skincare that you've no doubt forked out, you know, hundreds of dollars for, which is another big mistake, I think, is is spending too much on your cleanser. But that's my two cents worth. Why do you think you don't need to spend too much on your cleanser? I think it's the biggest kind of skincare rot of this century, which is people spending, you know, over, I don't know, 80, 100, $150 on a cleanser that literally a chemical that you're putting on your face that goes down the sink or down the drain after 30 to 60 seconds. I think that there's really no good evidence that spending more gets better results. And I think it's about choosing smart cleansers and pairing them with good skincare. So, you know, there are certainly more expensive ranges that, you know, if we have an hour, we can, you know, talk about. 
but I'm all about choosing skincare from different ranges to provide like the perfect package for your skin. And it doesn't require hundreds of dollars worth of you know, products. Dr. Ryan and Rachel, thank you for both joining me on the UBD podcast and clearing up our cleansing routines. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. This episode was produced by Gia Moylan. I'm Shazzy Hunt, and I'll be back next week with another beauty expert. Until then, if you're looking for something else to listen to, check out Mamma Mia's news podcast, The Quickie. It'll bring you up to speed daily, covering the latest news headlines in five, plus a deep dive to find out everything you need to know in one go. What's the one piece of advice that you'd give people looking at travelling again now in our current climate, whether that be domestic or international? What advice would you give us before we jump on board? I would definitely say what we've experienced over the last 18 months is disruption. So it's making sure that you're, I guess, taking some plans and some steps to actively manage that disruption. So things like insurances, making sure that you have insurance, you have COVID-related cover. Some countries won't allow you to enter unless you have that. But also, you know, you need to get the advice and you need to make sure that you're booking through a means or a brand or a channel such as Flight Center where we can actually step you through the process. Check it out on your favourite podcast app today. Have a great week.